You talk about sharing stories. That's what I do. I'm a storyteller by trade. Oh, I see. You're a, you're a writer? Well, <laughs> I'm a podcaster. What on earth is that? Ha. <laughs> Welcome back to the March and Mitch show. This week, uh, we gave some approved uh, paid time off to uh, our star correspondent, Celine Santas Pons, so that they could feel better, get well soon, CSP. Tonight on the show, we're going to talk to you about our first ever music legacy piece. This will also be Mitchell's first ever music piece. We fi- I finally told Mitchell, Mitchell, you can do the music piece this week. And Mitchell's going to do a cool review wrap-up of the career of none other than French metal legends, Gojira. It's his favorite band, and he's very excited to give you his piece tonight. So excited. And then at the end of the segment, at the end of the show, I'm going to talk to you. We're going to do a little little uh, musical chairs on the segments this week. I'm going to talk about the uh, nostalgia trip, and I'm going to do a movie piece this week. And I'm very excited to talk to you guys tonight about... Um, Sports comedy movie Goon featuring Sean William Scott, the Stifler. Yeah. <laughs> and sandwich in between all the fun. Everybody's talking about it. I'm talking about it. I actually think I've spent enough time on Reddit. I've never touched Reddit in my life and <laughs> ever. I downloaded it, never used it. And I think this past week I've spent more time on Reddit than I have on any other platform. We're going to talk about Wall Street Bets. Dogecoin, AMC, GME, BlackBerry, all of that shit. Well, I guess we're just going to talk about Wall Street gambling. Wall Street gambling, (laughs) how the system is fucked and why you're getting fucked by it. That's today on the March and Mitch Show. (laughs) Put your head between your legs and kiss your bum goodbye. All right, so let's start this off. Well, so we do the music segment first. That means I go first. Yeah. Oh, this is weird. Let me get my cheat sheet of data pulled up. So little pre- little preface, little preface, if you will. Uh, I've been listening to Gojira since fucking freshman in high school, which would have been 2002. Two? At 2004? 2004. 2004. They've Sorry. been around. No, right. I'm old. <laughs> you know, at a certain point, you stop counting, you know? Mama doesn't, mama doesn't get drunk, just likes to have fun. Um, no, Gojira has been around since uh, 1996. Originally, they were called Godzilla, but in 2001, they changed the name to Gojira, which is Japanese for Godzilla. So Literally. It, it was like so weird. I was like, what, what if we didn't? What if we just switched languages real quick? Oh. And, and then everyone's like, fucking game, bet. And so now they're Gojira. Oh. Um this is one of the bands that I've been, like I said, I, I have, this has always been my number one band since high school. And then there's sick. Like, yeah. There's been lots of things that come after it. Lots of other heavy metal bands like Meshuggah, uh, you know, even some old school stuff like Pantera or whatever, you know, just really progressive metal stuff has always been my flavor. Um, fucking after the burial, super dope band, like all these like really deep, you know, some of them eight string heavy, fuckheads who have literally spent more time playing the guitar than you know being outside and it shows and uh this band well you know progressively ordinary progressively ordinary i guess you could say they are they're really in depth which i think is the most interesting thing to me is because it's not like they're just uh Eight string fuckheads is how I like to refer to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? It turns there's a level there's a level of insanity that comes with playing eight string guitar 
that just you just have to be a special type of person to, to manhandle that sort of thing. And there's a, there's a skill level. That's not hard mode. That's, that's not master mode. That's God mode to well, be good at that. Well, are we talking like are the two extra strings both like on the low end, like supposed to be heavier strings, or do they have one low string and one extra, extra high string? I don't even know because I've never... <laughs> I don't even know because I will. I will. I refuse to look at it because I'm not worthy. It's like that Garth and Wayne from uh, Wayne's World. Like, We're not worthy. We're not. There's no point. I'll never own an eight-string guitar. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> quick synopsis. So, Gojira is a French heavy metal band from the the lands. Originally formed Godzilla in 1996. They changed the name in 2001. Uh, band's lineup consisting of the brothers Joe Duplanter, lead vocals, rhythm guitar, and Mario Duplanter drums uh christian andrew lead guitar and the badass gene michael labatty is the bass player his last name is labatty labatty i fucking <laughs> love him uh they have been the same since the name change in 2001 so the band's essentially been the same band forever fuck yeah um six studio albums three live dvds i mean because i guess that's cool i love uh, live <laughs> concert movies are the best i love concert movies um it says here that they've been known for their environmental theme lyrics, which is something that I'll talk about. It's not necessarily environmental, but I think, like I said, they have a lot of depth that goes into their writing. It's not just um, demon bojir, kill babies, you know? Like, it's uh, it's seriously really, really intricate stuff, and it's really well-researched, too. So, like, their album, From Mars to Sirius, a lot of archaeological, a lot of... Uh, what's it, uh, astrological references. Um, nice. Their song, Flying Whales. Now, the story behind the Flying Whales song is really funny because I think they all were on acid and they were talking about this planet that has li <laughs> liquid nitrogen on it. So it's liquid nitrogen. And scientists had speculated that because the, the density or whatever on the planet with liquid nitrogen was so low, it was like water, but the actual gravitational pull would allow like aquamarine animals to actually fly so they could like fly like they could swim through the nitrogen but due to like density or some shit they could like just go from water to air and so that's that's the whole fucking thing about there's a whole science fucking mental there's a whole science behind flying whales uh the most this album yeah mars is serious uh mostly talking about planets obviously the, the planet mars planet sirius um it's all like correlated with our Ion's belt. A lot of history, a lot of like uh, Stonehenge, like actually points in that direction. Uh, there's a couple other sites out there that are all just like, there's something, the ancients knew something was going on with those, that fucking area. And um, conspiracy serious, if you go into the alien uh, hole, we'll say that's where a lot of our ancestors came down and delivered us that divine knowledge about all that shit, and that's, that's all that. But anyways, I don't want to go too deep into that. I'm just saying that, like I said, there's a lot. That's really cool, though. <laughs> I, like, I like that this band is constantly referencing like different points of space, culture, and you know, the United States, outside of the United States, different parts of the world, Stonehenge, Mars, Sirius, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's really neat. That's cool. It makes you want to like think and stuff and like look up more about the band as well as like the stuff they reference. Yeah, well, and then I, I got in on their first three albums, which was uh, The Link, uh, well, it wasn't like I think their first album was Terra Incognita, The Link, and then Flying Whales. Or, yeah, from Mars to Sirius, which is on, which has flying whales on it. Uh, but The Link is probably my favorite because The Link talks about metaphysical stuff and really goes hard in the paint when it comes to like death and the reincarnation cycle. And like, like they're really deep. They they talk a lot about like a lot of uh, Native American traditions. 
um, which is just fucking crazy. And then they just slap hard with this prog metal while singing about these, like, how to reincarnate yourself. You know what I mean? It's just fucking wild. Whoa. That is pretty fucking wild. Anyways, so that's the backstory. That's why I love these guys so much. Again, and this music. We're going to keep it light when it comes to the song of the week. Uh, we're actually going to do Toxic Garbage Island, which is off their 2012 album, um, The Art. No, it's not. Is it The Art of Dying? Oh, I forget this. It's. Uh, oh, goodness. You know. As such a dedicated fan, I should know this, but I forget. They get them all mixed up, but it's The Art of... Du- the Way of All Flesh. Duh, that's what it is. The Way of All Flesh is there. 2008. Uh, 2011. It is around there. Anyway, <laughs> 2008, I think it was. The Way of All Flesh uh, kind of combined both worlds. So if we're doing like a history of... Uh, the Way of All Flesh combined the metaphysical, the astral, and like actual... like real world problems so the song is toxic garbage island which is like a real fucking thing there is a giant mass of plastic and garbage floating we looked it up this is fact yeah i mean like yeah no this is and this has been this is not even new news this is old fucking news like uh it what was it 2012 that we like became aware of this that's just like where the, where like New Jersey like just like sends all their garbage out and it became like an island. Uh, here we go. Here we go. So Google <laughs> says the Great Pacific uh, Garbage Patch, also known as the Pacific Track Trash Vortex, spans waters. Oh God! From so the West Coast. Never mind. West Coast of North America to Japan. Oh, the patch is actually compromised. Uh, comprised of the Western Garbage Patch located near Japan and the Eastern Garbage Patch located between the U.S. states of Hawaii and California. Fucking huge, West Coast to Japan. Whoa, that is fucking mental. Yeah, there's a. I mean, National Geographic has it fully documented. Like I said, this is not anything new. So the song talks about that, and I think honestly, from a music aspect, like doing music and, and living a dream is super cool, and everybody wants to be famous. But I think when you make your entire you know, brand about like awareness to like things that matter, like spirituality, uh, like all those things that they sing about are all things that are going to be applicable to your life. There's not, there's almost like 45 to 50% of my personality comes from a, a young age listening to this, these things and being like, what are they talking about? <laughs> what is this fucking thing that this guy is singing about? Also they're French. They're French and they sing in English. Like these guys are woke, bro. Woke <laughs> Not to get on the woke train or anything, but like that's like woke, and woke, I woke, it's woke. But anyways, all right. So a lot of people know about this. They sing about it. Uh, I highly encourage you guys to um, fucking go out and like do a deep dive on Gojira. They've got a lot of things. They'll point you in a. It's a great starting platform if you like metal or prog metal or just you know general pleasing it's a little bit grungier the older you get their new stuff a lot lighter on the ears definitely more like prog less you know what, what did i say earlier less uh <laughs> fuck whatever more uh more progressive less uh so like earlier stuff was like more metal less prog and then as they like continue to like release albums their newer stuff was more prog and like less like yeah heavier metal there it is there right. it is that's what i thanks alex ah, i knew i kept you around for something so exactly, <laughs> yeah so toxic garbage island we're gonna play this shit real quick um if i can convince myself to play another song maybe i'll do that but um i would really hate for gojira to be the guys that shut us down because we played their song <laughs> <laughs> really dude i've seen them twice i saw i saw them um 
Fuck, once at uh, Portland at the, uh, I told you that, really uh, super dope theater in Portland. The Hawthorne? The Hawthorne. Or the Roseland? I think it was the no, Hawthorne, because it's a tiny one. The small one? The oh, fucking tiny one. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I saw him in Ohio at the uh, the the Rock. The what? Rock at the Ranch. Rock. Rock at the Ranch. Rock on the Range? Rock on the Range? Rock on the Range. It's a music festival? It's a huge music festival. Yeah, three fucking stages. Metallica was the headliner. Probably uh, Rock on the Range. I guess. Rock on the uh, Range. Uh, I sick. Dude, dude they cool. had Metallica. They had Corn. They had Primus. Uh, dude, fucking they, Primus. Dude, it was fucking yeah. insane, dude. Uh, didn't stay for Metallica because like the weather kept like shutting the show down. But they put, out of all three fucking stages, they put Gojira on the tiniest stage. That's sorry. It was my first time seeing them. Flew out across the fucking United States to go. I was so hyped. They're the only band Mitchell, I wanted. Mitchell, why on an airplane? What? Dude. <laughs> Mitchell I, was on an airplane? Bro. What? That's what I'm saying. I didn't. I, oh, it was such a long plane ride. I fucking hate The plane ride back almost killed me. Um, but it was the tiniest stage. And it didn't sound good. They were outside. It was so sad. They shut down twice. They had to shut the fucking show down twice because massive monsoon rains in this fucking Ohio or whatever. Son of a bitch. It's fucking, but there was a really cool bar right around the corner. Uh, so like we Ubered to the bar, which was like five minutes, 10 oh, minutes. And oh. then we like chilled at this really local college bar and then like shows open and went back and, then it shut down. Anyways, long, oh god, it was kinda... it was messy. It was a messy time. But That's frustrating. It was yeah. wild. I've never been to like a festival before. That was huge. And uh, music fests are cool. And and I was really let down, dude. I was really looking forward to go Gear seeing them live. And I was like, oh man, this is kind of sad. Like, oh man. So then, like you know, Corn. Of course, the guys on the big stage sounded pretty good. It was cool to hear Corn and. Um, and Primus, and they all sounded really good. Then Metallica was up, and I was like, fuck you guys, and left. <laughs> no, I'm not even joking, dude. I left at Metallica, like, Metallica, up next, Metallica! And I was like, later. <laughs> fuck those guys, dude. Napster bullshit. Boomer metal. Boomer fucking metal. You guys fucking boomer metal. hate Metallica, <laughs> dude. Um, so anyways, then saw them again. Portland, greatest show I've ever seen. Oh, my fucking God. I could feel the music in my chest. They uh, their live show is phenomenal. They sounded better live, which I didn't think was possible. And so, but so, so if you saw them at the Hawthorne, that's the same place where we saw like the Gucci Highwater show uh, with, with Garden and stuff. It was either the Hawthorne because no, this one had we we had like the stage seats where they went around, and then it was like down below. Well, the Hawthorne had that, didn't it? Ah, uh, Hawthorne. Well, the Hawthorne has a second story, but it's literally just like. It was they, the same size for sure. It was not any bigger than that. Okay, but it, but it was, but it had high rise uh, upstairs. Okay, then you probably went to the Roseland. If was, there was like stadium seating on the second floor, yeah, but it was like two rows of seat. It was like there wasn't like like a, not a ton of it. Yeah, it was yeah like, you probably were at the Roseland. Okay, okay, okay yeah, it's probably the, that sounds more like the Rose. The Roseland has a pit for the first story, then the yeah. second story. Is literally just uh, stadium seats, but there's only like two or three rows. Okay, all, okay, all then around. the Rosen. Yeah, yeah dude, I fucked up. All right, no, gonna, no, 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 you're good. I knew you would know. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like I that's said, a bigger deal though. Like, I, I was like, nah, Gojira is too big to play the Hawthorne. They probably played okay. at, the, at a different one. Yeah. All right, all right, no, that's you, fair. Now you good. You're if good. it's like it's, <laughs> it's about the same size, you do have the second floor. Um, but again, fuck me, dead mate. Me, me, Australian was uh, off. Oh, fucking so good. Anyways. <laughs> 
Dude, I can't even describe it. Like, I've seen a couple shows live and I was like, ah, oh, that was cool. Or like, it was like, they don't sound as good live, but no, their live show, like, I immediately, once they, fuck, fuck you, COVID. Fucking COVID, dude. Fuck you, COVID. Fuck a bitch. I've never, I'm not, you know, I'm not a music person, but I was, like, Gojira was coming back to Portland, dude. I bought tickets as soon the as The Deftones I, tour with Gojira? Uh, oh my God. Soon as I bought fucking tickets, made sure it was like second, it was like front row on like the, the uh, on like the upper seating. So nice, like, bro. I was like, I was like looking for like, I was like, I gotta get those front row tickets, bro. But not front row because that's too close because I'm old and like hurt my ears. So I was like, <laughs> I want that balcony seating, but I want the rail for my old man feet to rest on. And I got, <laughs> I got them seats, bro. Nice. And then they pushed the show back an entire year, and here we are. So fuck COVID. Fuck COVID. Let's play the song and we'll come back. We'll talk about some other shit. Here.
Let's go, Jira. Toxic Garbage Island off the album The Way of All Flesh. Brought to you by 2012, the year we were all supposed to fucking die. Hey, the truth is, Mitchell, we've, uh, we all actually did die, and we're all just living in this giant corpse of a world ever since, because no one's ever really felt alive since 2012. Am I right? Yeah. Hey! <laughs> plot, plot twist, the guy who wrote the Mayan calendar was dyslexic. It wasn't 2012, it was 2021. Ah! Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking goosebumps IRL. Um, boom, 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 boom. So yeah, I mean, Gojira's on uh, Roadrunner uh, Records, Prosthetic, and Listenable, so I mean... Pretty big deal. These guys are pretty fucking big. Love that song itself. It goes hard. It's also, like I said, it's one of the more digestible songs. It's pretty sick. I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, the beat, the beat was good. The riffs were fucking heavy. <sighs> I'd like to play other songs for you guys. Uh, it really just it comes down to, like, the albums are, are albums for a reason. Like, they're not a singles band. Like, album, it goes from start to finish, and it's a saga. And best listen to. It's like a story arc. Yeah. It's really worth putting in the time to listen to one album at a time. So that was our artist of the week. Really excited to finally get to do that. It's like we're on episode like 39 or 40, and I finally got to talk about Gojira. So I'm really happy. Literally, that was Mitchell with our first ever legacy piece on the music world. Thanks for talking about Gojira tonight, Mitchell. Appreciate it. That was fucking cool, dude. Yeah. Sick. The only band I think I could actually cover because I don't care about any other bands as much as I do Gojira. So the only band you'll probably ever hear me talk about. Um, Next up, we have our stars piece, the um, current event, I guess. They're gone. A um, lot of crazy things happening right now with the stock market. If you have not seen what's going on, then you don't have internet. So I don't blame you. But traditionally speaking, we haven't seen something like this since uh, 2008 housing collapse. And there's a super dope movie called um, the, Big, the Big Short, The Big Squeeze. Um, did I send this to you, Alex? The Big Short. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? I don't recall. No, it's uh The Big Short, I believe. So it is. Oh, fucking all star cast too. Celine saw. It. I'd never seen this. The Big Short has uh Brad Pitt, Whoa. Steve Carell, Carell, Steve, uh Ryan Gosling, Christian Bale. What? Directed by Adam McKay. Dude, this movie is a true fucking story. So basically, long story short, because it's an all-star cast. Jesus, all 2015. This movie slaps so fucking hard. It's dumb. it's amazing. It's like the original Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street. So uh, the, the scariest thing is a true story. So and we'll cover this because this isn't our topic of the week, but it is relevant. So essentially, back in 2008, there was like this um, this stock market guy played by Christian Bale, and He's a numbers guy, right? So like he's going through, he's looking for like investments and stuff, and he does this stupid ass deep dive into the mortgage rates of all the like the lenders, and he starts realizing that the numbers are fucked, dude. Like these interest rates are like there's absolutely no way that this is possible. So what happens is he does like a bunch of investigating, and then he what he did because he he looked at this thing, he starts buying shorts, and shorts is something that we'll cover later. But essentially, shorts is. Like a short sale? Uh, essentially, yeah, short sale. You're you're betting that the current price of something is going to go down in the future. So you buy stocks from somebody else on loan, basically, with a promise to pay them back in interest. And by a certain date, you're expected to pay this back. But your goal is to buy them from the people now. And then when this it goes down, then you go buy them 
at the lower price, and then you return the stocks that you purchased originally at the full price. So you may, you pocket the money, the difference that you make, depending on how short or how low the oh. stock goes. Oh. Okay. So in today's world, a bunch of Ritalin at-home basement-dwelling autists called Wall Street Best Bets found on Reddit essentially did this exact same fucking thing. A bunch of at-home prescription tweakers with zero fucks to give, by the way, saw that this was happening to GameStop. GameStop is the company... <laughs> GameStop being the company that provides zero value and has fucked probably every one of us out of a solid game at a return rate of 25 cents. A bunch of these guys saw this shit going on. And so they looked at the data and they said, holy fucking shit, fuck Wall Street. And so what did they do? They all decided to band together. This started back in 2009. Also, it is uh, reported that potentially the same guy in the big short had a uh, foot in this as to the, the discovery of this fucking thing. So this is happening now. This is literally this current week. So what's going on? Wall Street bets guys went in, bought a fuck ton of GME stock. Uh, they also it listed in the Reddit group, uh, AMC, BlackBerry, and there was a couple other ones. Those are really the, the main ones, though. So what happened? Stock price started at about eight eight bucks for GameStop. That was like when all of this was going on. GameStop was pretty much about to be, you know, completely dead in the water. All these fuckers drove that fucking price up to three hundred, four hundred dollars. This is like, it's like unheard of. Quadruple. It was like eleven thousand percent up in the fucking water. And so what this means is now normally you just hear that and go, Oh, they made money. Cool. Right. That's, that's not the point. So their, their goal was to maintain and hold the stocks as long as they possibly could until these short bets that were placed by these hedge funds, um, like Melvin and what is it? Fuck it. There's another one. Melvin, and like Citadel, whatever. Citadel. Uh, anyways. Uh, so, Here's, here's, here's what's going on right now. Current events as of this current week. So they drove the stock price up really high and nobody wants to sell. The whole point is not to make money. And if you go on the Reddit forum, bro, like <laughs> they literally call themselves autists or apes or what? retards. They're like, Hey, I'm just a, I'm just a retard who likes this stock. I'm not selling. Like this is the grungiest. This is the biggest revolution. Just a bunch of at home investors on Robin hood buying this stock in mass volume, sinking their 401k, sinking their mortgage loans, like literally what? 50, th bought another 50k today. Dude, people were up millions of dollars. There was a dude who, uh, made $50 million off this, just an at-home investor. So what? guess what happened? They drove the price up so high and we got so close to the closing date. Uh, where they had so essentially the closing date is they the hedge funds who uh, gambled against the stock saying that they were going to go low have an expiration date on the purchase for their stock so every day that they don't pay back on the due date for the stocks that they they owe they, they got to pay, pay interest they got to pay interest oh, exactly shit. so what does wall street do gets their hands fucking dirty dude so all the financial apps robinhood 
uh, Binance, whatever these fucking guys are, mostly Robinhood right now. Robinhood is getting sued right now because at the peak, they were at $400 and no one is selling. And that due date is coming up. And these head funds, I think I read that they lost $12 billion. The hedge fund, $12 billion because of this fuckery. Because they 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 made a promise to pay. pay. They bought a sh- you know uh, they probably put in a couple billion maybe maybe more on these short bets right because you know it's gonna go down and we're gonna buy it back and we're gonna buy it back and we're gonna make five dollars on a billion shares of stock stock. But now that's not what happened. Stock went up. Stock went way the fuck up. Oh, so Wall Street's getting fucking scared, dude. Wall Street is panicking. They what, freaking out. What do they do? Guess what do they do? Robin Hood shuts down purchasing of the stock. That's illegal. So you can you they limited the stock for you can't buy any more GME because guess what was happening behind the scenes? It's called a short attack or a short ladder or something along those lines. So essentially what's going on, and a lot of people have brought up these like stock apps that are tracking the information. And what's happening, if you pull up the data, the volume isn't changing. So like there's a baseline for the volume, but the price is going down. Why? Because how you do this is you take one stock of GME and you take one stock of AME or AMC and you trade it back and forth. You trade it back and forth a fuck ton of times. And what happens is the way that the system is designed, it reads each one of those stocks as a, as a new stock, right? So you're trading the same fucking thousand stocks back and forth to your hedge funds, buddies. And it drives the price down because the system just says, oh, this is how many stocks are being sold, sold back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So the price is going down, down, down. But nobody's actually selling. And this is all information that you can find on the stock portfolios. So you see the volume's changing, but nobody's selling. So what are they doing? They're trying to scare the fucking piss pants out of the people who have it so they can fucking get the price back down. And guess what? A lot of people... So they're using a scare tactic. Using scare tactics. Guess what? I love scare tactics. The people who, have, who just jumped in at this, like, say, two weeks ago, who were like, I want to be a part of this, uh, they sold. They sold their stock. So not a lot, but... There's, again, this has been something that's been cu- accumulating since 2019. So this isn't new. This has just become news to us people who, um, what do you call it, noobs, I guess? I mean, I've been like following crypto since like 2012. So like, I'm like, again, I, I, I made money originally when Bitcoin went to like $18,000 the first time. Um, but after that, like I just kind of like fell out of it. But that's what's happening right now. And... We're not sure what's going to happen. They drove the price down for GME down to like $90. Uh, they cut AMC in half, um, but they still owe the stock shorts. So, you know, they bought the stock shorts at like eight bucks. So eight bucks. Uh-huh. They still own a billion plus shares and it is 10 times what they were expecting. So they're still going to lose money. The even scarier part to all of this is that the media... The the media is lit. They literally tried to get people to buy silver, which is a <laughs> which is one of the hedge funds owns like the company that like buys and sells silver. So there's all this propaganda going on right now about oh they're done Reddit and they're literally saying like Reddit the Reddit users have moved on to their next big target silver and none of this is true. 
Like all you have to do is go to like go to Reddit, go to Wall Street Bets, follow the page. No one on that fucking page is talking about silver. No one is talking about any of this. And so there's this deliberate misguided media forefront to all the people who are just pulling their media from Facebook saying all these other things. They're saying that they sold their shorts already. It's over. If they sold the shorts, they wouldn't tell us. If they sold the shorts, they would just literally move on with a day and take their fucking money. They wouldn't give a shit about whether they closed or not. But for some reason, they're reporting on it. They're reporting on that. They're reporting on silver. They're reporting on all these things that have nothing to do with what's actually going on. So what I think the biggest takeaway from this, <laughs> the biggest fucking takeaway of this, dude, is that the system only works if you're rich. Like, like Robin Hood stopping, like Elon Musk and uh, uh, confronted the uh, CEO of Robin Hood on um, a clubhouse, which is like an iPhone exclusive app. It's like Discord. So what the fuck is wait? So is Robinhood the name of the people that are buying and selling the no, shorts? Robinhood is or? an application oh. for stock trading. Oh, okay. Go on. Sorry. No, no, no. Good question. Yeah, if you have questions, just ask. So Robinhood is a like what? I mean, I mean it's in the name Robinhood. What did Robinhood do? Steal from the rich, give to the poor, right? Like people love Robinhood. Yeah. So you could like refer a friend. If you refer a friend, you get a free stock, and you can buy and sell all the stocks you wanted, like a day trader. So. Robinhood, up until this recent like couple weeks, has been like a huge contributor to this hedge fund thing because people can literally just buy it on their fucking phones. Like you can just buy fifty k worth of stock in Robinhood uh, for GME. You know, just like oh, there goes fifty k on my phone while watching fucking My Little Pony. Fifty thousand fucking dollars, dude. People are like the whole point of this is like. Where they just call each other apes, apes strong together, dude. And <laughs> apes strong, dude. Bro, the whole point, <laughs> the whole fucking point of this movement was never to make money. People give zero shits about making money on this Reddit Wall Street best form. So, what's the point of the movement? Then? Is to bleed the hedge funds dry, dude, because those are the billionaires who have been manipula manipulating the stock market, making money, and not doing anything for society. So, the housing crash back in 2008. A bunch of people lost their jobs, dude. You remember, like, yeah, I remember 2008, uh, dude. Every like a bunch of people lost their jobs, lives were ruined, and so basically, it's the people who, like, a lot of people who were affected by that, said, "Fuck this noise, let's fuck them up, let's get them back," and that's what's happening right now. So, like, the hedge funds are trying to scare people into selling, but they don't give a shit, dude. Like. The pandemic, we're out of work. We're not making money. The government won't give us money, and we're out of work. Like, people have so little fucks to give right now because no one gives a shit about the people, and the hedge funds get bailed out. The whole point is, like, in 2008, when they lost all that money, guess what happened? Government bailout. When the American people needed the bailout, you got a $1,200 check for a year, and then you got a $600 check following that. Billions of dollars got bailed out for hedge funds because they made a poor bet. And this is just bringing light to how corrupt the system is. Damn. When people lose their own money, when people play the game, when people lose their own money, it's on them. When hedge funds, billionaires, play the game and lose the game, they get bailed out. When And even now, when they figure out a way to win, because like they were winning, dude. Like I said, that one dude made $50 million, right? Like When they found the hack to play the game fairly... They shut the fucking game off, like limiting shares to like limiting to people from buying the stock because people would have continued to buy the GME stock. That was the biggest like that like, was GameStop stock, the GameStop stock. GME. Yeah. OK, 
So <laughs> by, when Robinhood l- restricted the limitation of people buying it, that also helped drive the price down. So they started the trading back and forth of the like the stocks, which made it look like there was a lot of volume going on when there wasn't. But they also stopped people from actually buying it, which is, again, illegal. You're not allowed to do that. Oh, not with shit. all this shit going on. You can't do that. So there's so much evil at play right now going on with this fucking t- with this whole fucking thing. So next week everything's gonna settle out. Uh, so it's supposedly Wednesday is when the the short sale has to happen. So right now I couldn't tell you where anything is going. All I'm saying is that this is a huge moment in history as far as I'm so concerned. So we'll find on Wednesday where all this money is going. Uh. So, well, again, like I said. We don't know. Like, lot, like people immediately filed uh, open a lawsuit against Robinhood, and if the legal system holds up to its end, they're gonna lose their ass, dude. They're going to go fucking belly up if they get puppets in play and they they work some magic, dude. Robinhood's gonna walk away with some fines and shit. It's great. Google Google removed over a million one star reviews off their. Dude, they were there. That's how many people are involved. They drove the Google, uh, the app itself on reviews. They drove it down to a one star review, all saying the same thing. And Google went in and removed all those reviews. So they weren't a one star app. Dude, all the big players are, are washing each other's hands right now. And the people see it, dude. Like this is like, this is the closest we've come to a revolution that I've seen. And I really hope it just sheds light on what's actually going on behind the scenes because this is something that, like I've seen and I've known and it's like I see this but these are things I can't talk about right because I sound like a crazy conspiracy conspiracy theorist when I bring up things like this so like this is great I'm so glad people finally see how this actually works and what's going to happen who knows it could be bad things could get really bad for a while I mean they're already bad but you know 20, 2021 Said to 2020, hold my beer. <laughs> uh, 2020, that was cute. Watch this. And so that's where we're Game at. on. Yeah, game on. Game stop. Not an affiliate. <laughs> so that's what the fuck is going on that's right the, now. That's, so that's pretty fucking crazy. So basically from like, you know, what you've said in your piece tonight is basically this this web community is basically over-inflating, over-exaggerating the stock trade and different stuff's happening to the point where people don't know what the fuck's going on, but all this money's getting flown around to the point where, like, people are just basically losing their shit to the point where people are going fucking crazy. Well, <laughs> y- yes. Yes and no. So, the what they've done here, and I think this is probably the takeaway, is what the people with Wall Street Bets have done is, number one, they've proved that uh, the stock market is not a reflection of actual value, which is essentially the, the which has been the argument of of why we have a Wall Street period. It's like, well, it, it, it calibrates the market. It, it lets us know what companies are worth. But that's only true if everyone plays by the rules. And for as long as it's been around, nobody plays by the fucking rules, dude. So who gets rich? The rich. Who gets poor? The fucking poor, dude. The rich get richer. It's the same old story. So what? It, yeah, so what's happened is people put money into a singular stock at such mass volume and, and it went up and the hedge funds are losing a shit ton of money and they're doing everything they can to try to not lose that money or lose more money than they already have. And it just shows you how far their influence is, you know, all the way from media, Google, CNBC, all these fucking things are all reporting wrong information, uh, claiming different things, different attacks, like 
These are orchestrated attacks. The whole silver thing was like a distraction. They wanted people to sell off their game stock and go buy in silver. And that's just not the case. That's just not what's going on. So um, go to Wall Street. If you want if you want to keep up to date like with what's going on right now, go to Reddit, Wall Street Bets. It's still up. It's still running. It's still actionable. That's where everything's happening in, in real right now. So that's my piece of the week. Alex, did you have questions, comments, concerns? Questions, comments, and concerns. So when you say people, they're trying to get people to invest in silver. We're talking like actual like silver, like the kind of silver that you like. I load in my rifle to kill werewolves. Uh, yeah, essentially, yeah. Those like companies that trade silver, and so like you can buy in those companies, and they own those companies. So like that was part of their plan. So 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 why are we trying to get people to cross invest in GameStop and silver companies? They're not. They're that's, not. That they're not. That's so it's thing. really just a propaganda. It's, it's just like a fake out. So again, what they wanted people to do. Because last I heard, GameStop was a pretty shitty company. It is. Like no, people. That's <laughs> no. Also part of the thing. Also part of the thing. That's why it's a thing right now because GameStop literally holds no value. Everybody knows GameStop's a fucking crap company, but it was a company that was nostalgic to all of us and. People on Wall Street bets decided that they just wanted to fuck the hedge funds. That's what this is all about. Hedge oh, has okay, nothing okay. to do with GameStop, other than GameStop being a, a, a memorabilia piece. So it just goes back to your statements about like scare scare tactics and like stealing from the rich and giving to the poor and yeah, crazy shit. Okay, okay, for sure. Because like, I got all a couple homies that work for GameStop, and they're like, it's the shittiest job they've ever had. Yeah, it's the worst job they've ever had. It fucking sucks, donkey dick. God. Yeah. Now, AMC was one of the companies that they also said to invest in because they, they had planned like five the movie sh- people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was oh. so what they were doing to GameStop, they were also doing to the other companies, just not as large of a scale. So AMC didn't have as many shorts on them, but they still had shorts. So they were saying buy AMC, BlackBerry, these other companies. Um, but <laughs> BlackBerry, <laughs> dude, seriously, BlackBerry is one of the companies they're trying to short because they think they're going to lose money, and so they wanted to, to all and and accumulatively, uh, it was like. 12 billion for GameStop. It was like 0.5 billion for AMC and it was like 0.48 billion for BlackBerry. Like that's how much they've lost so far because of the fucking how much the price has gone up and how much they've lost due to their short bets. Do they even have AMC theaters in Salem, Kaiser? Uh, no, you know what? I don't think so, dude. I, we had them in Washington, which is. Oh, okay, okay. Dude, I was, do- I was when I went to AMC, I was like, this is much nicer than Regal. What oh, is- I know, right? Yeah, AMC is way nicer than fucking Regal. How did we get fucking stuck with Regal? Goddamn. Uh, so I, I went in and I was like, oh, I want to support. And I bought a couple stock of AMC just because I like AMC. And that's the whole point oh, okay. is yeah. you're not supposed to buy with your feelings, but I like AMC. And I was like, fuck these guys. Uh, also, Dogecoin is a thing. We could cover that too. Dogecoin's cryptocurrency, but um, I don't think I had the strength to go into that. Essentially, my, my word of advice, don't buy Dogecoin. It's not for you. It's not for you. I know the Doge is really cute. Like It's like that really poofy, poofy. She, The Shiba Inu. The Shiba Inu. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. We're, we're already here. Let's, let's, you know what? I can sum this up really quickly. So essentially... It's so cute, though. On, on Reddit, they're so saying, cute. buy Dogecoin. Dogecoin is created... So bit, the reason Bitcoin is super valuable because Bitcoin has a finite amount of dollars or a finite number of coins that's going to get created. They're mined at X amount of rate and it's going to take about 100 years to get to that. Dogecoin, on the other hand, is mined at such an exponential rate. There's like 12 million or billion uh, mined every fucking day. Dogecoin's a meme coin for a reason. It cannot fiscally ever gain value. Because unless people continue to buy it every day, every day, 
they have to buy more than what's being created, which is just not a thing. And if people just stop buying and just start holding, quote unquote, with my fingers in the air, holding Dogecoin, it's just going to lose money because there's going to be so much currency made you know it's just constantly being made it's so to make it a hot topic there they keep trading and trading and tra- like oh this is the hot topic now we all gotta have fucking dogecoin we all gotta have gamestop we all gotta have gmc dude i yeah this is the <laughs> part. so the only thing that my brain could come up with is that the only re- so dogecoin has essentially in the past been used for pump and dump so my only thing is that all the redditors had invested all their money in GameStop, and they were just like, okay, well, we need more money now than ever. And so I think <laughs> I think they just wanted to pump and dump Dogecoin, and they said, fuck all the regular people who are getting on this train late who really think that we're going to hold Dogecoin and take Dogecoin to the moon because it's literally just never going to happen. It's literally fucking impossible. Cryptocurrency. Yeah, so uh, that was my take on it. There is this alternative take where, you know, that you know how we continue to print print US dollars, right? We print US dollars all the fucking time. What if instead of doing that, we all switch to Dogecoin, which is already being produced at such a high rate, and we all just agree to fuck the dollar and just start trading Dogecoin for dollars instead. So like we just completely remove we we get everything set up on Dogecoin. You pay your rent with Dogecoin, you pay <laughs> <laughs> you buy movie tickets with Dogecoin. Like that's the only those are the two realities that I can see happening right now. And I don't think that investing in Dogecoin right now would in any way benefit you um for that second reason. So like I could see it because you know there's an infinite supply of it and money's not real anyway, holds no real value. So Fuck it, go digital. I don't know. But again, I think it digital was digital money. Yeah, I think it was the first <laughs> one. I really think that they just did it so, you know. I really think they just did it so they could pump and dump and then buy more GME to fight the stocks. But again, <laughs> I, and I think there's a lot of people who showed up really late to the party who were just like, oh, they said AMC to the moon, GME to the moon, and GME went up f- f- goddamn percent, you know? It, we better we better buy Dogecoin. It's just like, dude, if you have it, no. You're, no. you're going to learn the hard way. No. It's just not a thing, bro. It's not a thing. It's a meme coin for a fucking reason, but whatever. Um, anyways, that's my current event. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. A monumental, monumental shift in roles this week. We've had Mitchell Herring not only do our music piece this week, but he also did our current event. And this has been fucking profound. Mitchell, I showed up, didn't Mitchell, I? Mitchell, give yourself a round Weird. of applause. Y'all think I'm just the producer and like to do the movie topic, but no, I bring the A-game. Guess what, it. motherfucker? Arf, arf. <laughs> I've been doing this for 10 fucking years. I know how to do a piece. I just prefer to do the movie piece because I like it. A piece, 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 piece. Put some respect on my name. Put some respect on his name this week on the March and Mitch show. Mitchell, it was a pleasure learning about your legacy piece this week with Gojira, the French metal prog band. It was also a pleasure learning about what's going on with all the different stonks. (laughs) Stonk. Between all the craziness with the Robin Hood app that's happening this week, as long as well as with you know GameStop, learning about the companies controlling silver, and then as well as you know AMC, it's like. Pretty fucking crazy. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking wild, bro. Right? Like it's straight up wild, and dude, it's just like how many people lost money this week over this crazy shit. Ooh, I, like, it's I, like it's I, bad I enough that COVID's happening, and then now people are losing money. Yeah. You know. Um, next on our fucking show, this is the March and Mitch show. Uh, we're gonna talk to you about our nostalgia trip, and now I finally get to switch roles, and I get to do the nostalgia trip, and I'm really excited to be talking to you guys this week about the 2011 film. 
Goon. It's G-O-O-N. Goon. This movie features not other than Sean William Scott. Yes, it's motherfucking Stifler. Stifler. And it's a real pleasure to be talking to you about this film. It's basically a 2011, you know, sports comedy film uh, based out of the you know New England Northeast, like Massachusetts, and then later Canada. And it's basically about a guy who works at a nightclub. He's a bouncer, so like whenever shit goes wrong at the nightclub, he's there to whoop some ass or just you know, yeah, flip a motherfucker. And the, you know he's portrayed by Sean William Scott. This character's name is Doug Glatt. He comes from a traditionally like Northeast Jewish family. And then, you know, the movie starts off. He's going to, you know, meet up with his family at the synagogue. And he's <laughs> hanging out with his brother and stuff. And, you know, he's he comes from like a really brainy family. Uh Gene Levy plays his dad. Oh, all, that's his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know Gene Levy played like played like every like disapproving yeah. dad in every fucking two thousands coming of Are age. Are you movie. Jewish? Are you a father? <laughs> Are you looking to be an actor? Well, we've got the guy for you. <laughs> It's like the best typecast dad actor. Yeah, because Gene Levy plays like every dad in every like 2000s coming of age movie. These God are like damn. me and Mitchell's like favorite kinds of movies from like when we were growing up as kids and crap. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the guy is kind of lost in life. He is a bit he's incredibly strong. Like he's got brutal, powerful strength, but he's also extremely dim witted. <laughs> he does not have a lot of like he's doesn't really have a lot of street smarts and he doesn't really have a lot of book smarts and he doesn't just. He really just doesn't have any smarts, period. <laughs> he is just genu- genuinely dim-witted, but he um, goes and h- hangs out with his uh, best friend one night who is actually a podcaster, like video blogger. Ah, yep. <laughs> it, was two th- it was 2011, so he's probably the first vlogger <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> ever it's in, like, story, yeah. in like New England and Canada. And he's got a little segment called Hot Ice where he just talks about <laughs> different stuff happening in, in the hockey world. So um, Was it just hockey? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. He essentially was like Tosh.0. It was a video clip show, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was all hockey related. Okay. It was, it was all like, yeah, so very, very similar <laughs> to like Daniel Tosh's like shit. Oh, man. Um, I love Daniel Tosh's stuff because like Tosh.0 was fucking hilarious growing up. And then before before Tosh.0 even existed, they had Joel McHale with the soup. Oh, yeah. And I fucking love the soup. The soup was great back in the day, way back in the day. I'll say, uh, Tosh is, was really good at what he did because he literally didn't care. He would laugh at anything. That man was dead inside. <laughs> he literally didn't care whether or not you died on that trampoline. He literally would just laugh at it and make jokes. <laughs> Man's like, I'm famous. I don't care. Your life is not not a problem to me. His moral compass had done broke broke <laughs> broke, broke a long time ago. A long time ago, he did a couple stand up specials and like almost made it, then didn't. And he was like, "This is my chance, fully selling out. Let's go." Fucking Daniel Tosh. Anyways. Oh my fucking god. And then um, with the the next segment of the film, basically Sean William Scott's character Doug Glatt and his podcasting video vlogging buddy go to a minor league hockey game to cheer himself up. And um, what I love about Sean William Scott's character is he's basically just super, super like deadpan, good guy, goofiness. And like he's literally just like the most awkward guy ever. I had done some research and apparently like Sean William Scott actually he he uh, he ad libbed a lot of his like uh, like reacting scenes. Like, like yeah. he, he acts as his character where he's got lines and like a premise. But whenever like another character asks him something <laughs> or attacks him with like, you know, questions or, or statements. He usually like all of his, like all of his like rebuttals were always like ad-libbed and stuff. 
Yeah. And it's just like, this is the most awkwardest thing ever. But he just did it in a way that was wholesome and fucking hilarious. Yeah, I, I'll agree with you. I honestly, like, I went into it thinking, all right, <laughs> movie about sports. I like Sean William Scott. I kind of know what I'm getting into. But his character is actually super relatable. I think we all can relate to that. Like, the, the premise of the story is, like he said, like, he's not, he's kind of just floating in life. His parents really have like these high expectation. They're like this like wealthy Jewish family. Uh, uh, him and his brother. They're all doctors. Yeah, yeah. His <laughs> brother's gay. Uh, he's he's a bouncer and they're both adopted. And so like the parents are really like wanting them to do something, quote unquote. And so like they're, neither of them are really doing anything. And there's this awkward pressure to like, and, and he just doesn't know what he wants to do. And so he finds this thing. He gets cast uh, for a tryout, right? He gets tracked to, to be a hockey player because uh, he whoops some ass uh, with his buddy. And that's how the movie really takes off, right? Pretty much, yeah. So he gets asked to be an enforcer. So basically in the hockey world, an enforcer is literally just someone uh, kind of like if you're if you're a Las Vegas hockey fan, if you watch the Las Vegas Golden Knights hockey team, he's basically Ryan Reeves <laughs> from the Las Vegas Golden Knights hockey team. Like he's basically just there to whoop some fucking ass, start shit and be a troublemaker yeah. and like intimidate the other team. Like that's literally what this movie is about. So basically Doug Latt, a.k.a. Sean William Scott is basically like Ryan Reeves from the Las Vegas Golden Knights hockey team. And he basically just, he gets seen whooping some ass in public and he, and the coach like phones into the podcast, like radio show, like, Hey, we want you to actually like be on our team. So like the first appearance ever, he just fucking whoops some ass and he's just like, okay, damn dude, you're going to be an enforcer now. And then pretty much the movie goes forward with the plot and the story. Uh, they have Allison Pill, who played Kim on one of my favorite movies ever, fucking Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, plays, yeah, yeah, yeah. plays Kim, the drummer yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for Scott Pilgrim's band. Hot. And they have fucking uh, motherfucking, what's his name? Leave Schreiber, who played motherfucking, leave motherfucking Leave Schreiber, who played fucking, uh, he was Sabretooth. He was fucking oh, Hugh yeah. Jackman's brother from X-Men. Jesus. <laughs> He plays fucking Sabretooth. He plays pretty much like the antagonist, Ross Ray, yeah. who's basically a legendary just hockey enforcer. But he gets uh, suspended for 20 games or something like that from the actual, like, you know, professional hockey league in this fictional movie universe for slashing someone in the back of the head. And for <laughs> the people who don't watch hockey, what's slashing? He basically went up to another hockey player with his hockey stick and then hit the dude as hard as he could <laughs> in the back of this motherfucker's That's a technical foul. Ah, that's a technical foul. <laughs> so if this happened in real life, like that wouldn't only be suspension. Like you yeah. would have you probably just would have gotten kicked out yeah, of the bad. league. Per, like perma ban. Yeah. <laughs> you would just be like perma ban. Rage quit. Bro. Like the most like craziest shit ever. But like the movie's actually like really cool. There's some good wholesome moments. A lot of the characters actually have like a good character arc. Um, he actually is put on the ice to defend a different character, uh, Xavier Laflamme, who is basically uh, a French hockey player who's got really good skills, but actually kind of loses his swagger once he gets his ass beat. And once he had his ass beat so bad, he just never really was able to like come back and like be himself again. Like he was living in constant fear of like another ass whooping. So he kind of builds a bond with this character and like, you know, goes through constant disapproval. You know, this guy, Doug Glatt, who is portrayed by Sean William Scott, is basically a really good, honest, hardworking everyman who's just a little dim-witted, maybe doesn't know his place in life and goes through struggles. But he's so nice. He's so that's, fucking adorable, that, though. That's what really made this movie. So, like, if it, ha if, it yeah. if his character hadn't been so, like, pure-hearted, I think this movie would have been like, meh. But, like, watching him be like, like, he's got, like, all this respect. He's just, like, this general good kid. And, um, 
you really just like you just see him and and his love for finally finding his thing is super cool and then like his parents still disapproving he even like look i'm i'm a hockey player and and then like they're like so you're not a doctor what do you want and it's just like oh it's like soul crushing that scene and then like he's like whatever and then like continues to pursue his passion and um like the movie itself like it ends with like a big old fight scene between him and the antagonist and like that's pretty good like but ultimately it's just like it's a fun journey the story itself is kind of like it's just kind of like wishy-washy like you're just watching the character but like ultimately you're just there for character development and it's super fucking good True story, Mitch. Yeah, we I had a really good time watching this movie with you guys, and it was really fun because you really does it really is like it's a bit of an underdog story, but it's also just a good lesson to like people who watch the movie that you know, like no one's perfect. <laughs> like it's your stories, like whatever you want to do in life, like you know, just kind of go out there and do it. There's some beautiful scenes where you know, like um Doug Latt is like going out on dates with like the love interest Eva. And I remember like they're just hanging out like in French Canada. I think it was it was Quebec. And um, also uh, it's important to say this show in a lot of ways, the way the hockey team behaves and acts is a good predecessor to like Letter Kenny. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. We've got a fan cannon in our head where this is actually how Letty, Letter Kenny started because what was the what was the parallel shamrock team yeah it was the shamrock Canada, yeah. <laughs> hockey goon is the enforcer a lot of lines here drawn i don't know you could be uh, I, don't know. I feel like letter kenny borrowed a lot of stuff from goon in the sequel uh, goon last the enforcers and stuff do we know which goon came first yeah, so it was okay. yeah, so it was Goon, and then the sequel is Goon colon <laughs> Last of the Enforcers. Okay, but uh, yeah, I feel like like letter. I mean, like there's some Canadian humor and stuff with especially like having like the French Canada, the French Canadians, yeah. and like the Russian Canadians, like all like goofing off and like their lingo and stuff, yeah. and like the humor is really really kind of like I feel like might have been like a catalyst for like Letter Kenny's humor, most likely. All in all, just a really funny movie and stuff. Leave Schreiber as like the big badass, you know, old school enforcer squaring off against Doug Latt having all kinds of different characters uh the love interest was actually like really cute i like seeing kind of like how their story went and then also just seeing about you know just like this movie like it's it's advertised as a hockey movie but there's actually like not a lot of hockey that happens in the movie it's, it's just all about fighting yeah 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 like right like the there's fighting there's hockey between the fight scenes there's a little bit of hockey yeah and then all in all, it just ended up being a really wholesome, fun movie. You know, probably not something you want to watch with like your grandparents. You know, no, no. but it just it was just a good, good wholesome movie. And like, it actually surprised me that they uh, initially at the theatrical release did not do too well. But once it went on Netflix and stuff, the DVD sales went up. The Netflix like you know streaming went up, and then they made a sequel six years later. Yeah, we had to rent it. It wasn't even on Netflix. We had to go and rent that movie. Yeah, that shit was mental. Yeah, it was on. It was it's on Tubi, but yeah, we couldn't we couldn't find Tubi or whatever, uh, so we right, had yeah. to like we had to go fucking rent it just yeah. raw. It was worth raw. The, it was worth the three ninety nine that it cost to rent it. Very uh, very fun wholesome movie. Ultimately, really good pick, Alex. This has been a great show. We miss you, Celine. Uh, thank you to Japan for being the ridiculous left field viewers that you are. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. We're in. We are not. We are nowhere near that. But Japan is like currently our second leading uh, listener. So God bless you guys. Uh, thank you. And yeah, uh, Japan, bro, we're big in Japan. Yeah, that's all I've ever wanted. So you guys rock. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, cool. Everybody else in the states, super cool too. Everybody else in the uh, the internationals, <laughs> Germany, 
and uh, France and all you other guys. God bless you for listening. Um, I would have never thought I had an international podcast, so you guys are great. Uh, next week, we'll probably have another episode with or without Celine. We don't know, but it doesn't matter. This is the March and Mitch show starring, well, this week, nobody, but we'll You're catch. listening to the March and Mitch show. Thanks for tuning in this week, guys. Love you. We'll take you later. <laughs> okay everybody alex has left the studio it's just me and you i'm gonna sneak in one more gojira song this one is called uh flying whales uh i hope you guys enjoy bye